Welcome to the fourth Amazing Race 30 recap episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who hates slide puzzles, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And the lady who always vogues whenever she sees a Travelocity roaming gnome, Michelle Pierce-Denneman. <laughs> I do like a good vogue. I know you do, and Evan was putting your your voguing moves to, to shame at the start of this episode. <laughs> she was doing some quite interesting poses with it. I also like to oh. vogue. Yeah, but given that there was a slide puzzle and Trevor or Chris, I can't even remember which one it was who said it, one of them said that they hate slide puzzles. I was like, that can only be Logan's. There's no other intro that can be Logan's this week. Oh, we we all know how much I hate <laughs> slide puzzles. I've gone over this in my recent Amazing Race 19 blog. Actually, it's very relevant because I did that one just last week. I know you have. That's why I mentioned it. I know. And also Michelle's losing at the ORG right now. But I didn't know you hated slide puzzles. I hate them with a passion. Passion. I simultaneously hate them and am terrible at them. (laughs) So, yes. When we went into the ORG, the one rule we had was that we were going to try and get an express pass purely for slide puzzles coming up because we both hate them. (laughs) Guess which task we used the express pass on eventually? Uh, Slide puzzle. It was. How did you know it was coming, though? There's always going to be a slide puzzle of some description somewhere. I believe my response when uh, when JDL announced what the robot was was just laughing at Logan for half an hour. <laughs> laughing the entire time until I just gave up and used my and used our express pass. Or the slide puzzle pass. <laughs> so previously eight teams raced from Belgium to Morocco. Christian Jen's taxi wasn't the only fishy thing when an opening active info had everyone arranged the catch of the day. Cedric led at the roadblock, but got lost in the Casbar and fell to the back of the pack. Henry and Evan won the leg, but it was Cedric and Sean who were last and saved by the first non-elimination leg of the season. And, big development news, we get departure times for both of these episodes. Crazy. Mm. I was sat there just waiting for them to not give us one of the uh, the start times, but no, they gave us everything. I'm very impressed, editors. Give yourself a gold sticky star. <laughs> so we have Henry and Evan departing at 11.34am, Alex and Connor at 11.35, Christian Jen at 11.37, Trevor and Chris at 11.41, Joey and Tim at 12.04, Eric and Daniel at 12.25, Lucas and Brittany at 12.26, and Cedric and Sean at 12.44. Which is not a big spread, only 70 minutes between first and worst. It makes sense when all the teams are running together quite frequently during the roadblock from the previous leg. It's not like the next leg where the, the spread is about four hours. Yeah, and you got a good. There was a really good indication as to how long the head-to-heads took, which was an interesting question to see answered. Each game was roughly eight minutes, uh, judging by the departure times. And teams must now fly to Nice in France and drive themselves to a marina in Saint-Tropez, where they'll find their next clue. This season has things that are going really well and things that are going pretty badly, but on the really well side would be the abundance of self-drive legs so far and self-navigation. Like, even during the Morocco leg, that roadblock had a lot of self-navigation in it. Yeah, three of the five opening legs feature self-driving, and it's looking like there's going to be at least a couple more self-drive legs. And we also have the, the navigation from Morocco, so the only leg that really doesn't have much navigation was Belgium, so far at least. Yeah. Which is something very unusual to see um, in this era of The Amazing Race. And this is also where I rediscovered my love for Alex and Connor. 
particularly Connor, because he just has zero self-awareness and it's kind of wonderful. And he says that he hates speed limits because they're unfair. That's not the sort of thing you should be saying in France. (laughs) (laughs) Or the fact that they both have driven around France quite frequently and probably dodged a lot of speeding tickets is what I gather from their confessionals, especially when they say things like, with Alex saying, I've... I know this. I know this area really well. <laughs> Just at twice the speed than what's recorded on camera today. I know it really well because I know all the blind spots where the uh, the gendarmerie are going to be hiding around the corner, waiting to get you speeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why didn't anyone sing when they got the clue? But do you know the way to Saint Tropez? Maybe people did, but you know, it was cut out because they don't have the rights to it, given how cheap tar is right now. Yeah, because Joey and Tim mentioned San Jose. And we get more confessionals about Cedric's heart attacks. Just setting up exactly why they're going to leave this leg. The fact that Cedric is a walking zombie, basically. (laughs) Undead said. That should be the name of his podcast. He's the walking set. The walking (laughs) set. I'm thinking when the speed bump came up with moving the boats, I was thinking, this could go badly. Or the fact that he has to be stressed out in a boat that he's never sailed before, and the fact that he's like twice the length of the of the of the boat. Well, yeah, when the speedboat was announced, and he was like, "Oh, this is great for us. It's pure manual labor." And I'm just thinking, you don't want to exercise your heart any more than it already does. Like you're already basically the closest to death that anyone has been since Mel White. You don't want to try and beat him in this this stat. At least they didn't have to race on foot to the pit stop. Or that there was more another like Frida-type racing with the head-to-head. At least it was something stationary like bocce ball. At least producers were cut him a bit of slack. And we also get the delightful moment where he who shall not be named says that he won't move anywhere unless it has a constitution and a bill of rights. Oh. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, guys, but I'm pretty sure the constitution and the bill of rights may or may not have been partially inspired by France right around the time of the revolution. You would be 100% correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are a lot of different countries in the world which are better places to live than the US. And I'm also hazarding a guess that saying that you won't move somewhere because it doesn't have a constitution is very, very short-sighted. And also the fact that France is quite well known for its constitution. I think the actually the word constitution is that was originally French. I would be inclined to agree with you. <laughs> it's super short-sighted, and I know that I am trying my hardest not to mention them in these podcasts, but God damn it, when they say such stupid shit, I need to mention this. And the part about calling it Lesbo France, to follow that up, I will say, there was some Texans on Twitter who were like, yeah, that's that's right, don't move to a place without a constitution. I'm thinking, okay, he won that yeah. demographic over. But when yeah. it's this podcast, where it's somebody from Australia, England, and Canada... It's he's not going to win too many more people. No. Oh, God. I mean, it's unfortunate when you do the whole lesbo-france thing, but then when you compound it with the stuff that he said on Big Brother, makes it even more awkward. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm just sat there going, oh, not the best thing to say in that situation, given your history of probably about 10, 11 weeks ago at this point. 
Awkward. <laughs> super, super awkward when you know the history. <laughs> I mean, I know part of it was a joke, or most of it, or, or, or maybe not. Maybe it wasn't a joke at all. Maybe he was 100% serious. I don't know. Yeah, it's just not the jokes that they should be making out of all the teams. When you know the context, I, I agree. I think any other team would probably get away with that joke. <laughs> yeah, if Trevor and Chris had said it, I think people would have been like, yeah, that's quite funny coming from those guys. But because it wasn't Trevor and Chris saying it, because it was that particular team, no guys, no, 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 please no. What's funny is that, with all I know, I've been filtering out more and more of the Facebook fights about that team because I'm trying to avoid that love and hate crowd as much as possible. But uh, yeah, surprisingly, the most controversial part of the episode wasn't that, but rather because of somebody crying after a proposal. Apparently, that was more controversial than. Uh, saying that you don't want to live in a place that doesn't have a constitution or a bill of rights while in France. (laughs) My love of your Funniest Complaints blog is quite well known, especially when the complainers themselves start fighting back, as we have seen on Facebook in the past couple of weeks. But this is just an absolute goldmine for you this season. Yes, it's writing themselves. Like, you really don't have to do much, and it's, it's quite fun for you, I suspect. Oh, I, I, I hit, I usually, like, cap it at 50, like, if I find 50 good ones, and then it's like, okay, I don't really need any more. And yeah, I hit 50 really quickly after this last episode. Also, just as some context, France's Bill of Rights dates from uh, 1789. Yeah, right, yeah, right around the, the French Revolution. So just a little bit of context to anyone who wasn't actually aware that France has both a constitution and a Bill of Rights. So, once teams get to the marina... It's a roadblock, which is who's ready to break wind. Or in one team's case, who's ready to break their tooth. And in this roadblock, one team member must learn how to sail a small boat to two boys, each containing half of their next clue. And it is Christy, Alex, Evan, Trevor, Joey, Cedric, Lucas, and Daniel doing this roadblock. That looked like a tough roadblock. Yeah, it was certainly a skill roadblock, where you you definitely can learn the trick to it. It would have been better if there wasn't so much wind. It was quite windy, so... It was really messing with them. If it was just a nice breeze, it would have been better. Yeah, sadly, that's not the sort of thing that they can actually enforce on The Amazing Race. Well, no. (laughs) Imagine if there was no wind. They would have all just paddled over there. (laughs) That would have been super awkward, though. It would have been wonderful. (laughs) It's a calm day, boys and girls. You're on your own. (laughs) Cedric, (laughs) that would have ruined Cedric. He would have had to lie down. Lie down and paddle, because that's the only way he would have got there. You know what would have made this roadblock even better? If John Montgomery was demonstrating it. <laughs> I'm being blown over all over the place, guys! Guys, there's so much wind right here! <laughs> the wind is penetrating my skin and right through to my skeleton! Can I do this on a skeleton board? I hope the movie has some ch- Campbell soup! I need sustenance! Guys, I haven't moved this fast since I did my skeletal run! <laughs> I'm heading for a gold record time. You two need to stop. (laughs) The best part of that is you said gold record time rather than gold medal time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast where we don't have Ben keeping us in line. (laughs) Dear God. Isn't Christy just good at everything? Well, (laughs) not Patunk. 
Well, no, yeah, we get to that. Even then, that was only that was only two that was only two games of Picant that they lost. Patonk. Patonk. Whatever. Bocce ball. French bocce ball. Let's go with that. Bulls. Patonky tonk. Patonky tonk. Why not? Because it's not. I'm starting a petition immediately to call it Patonky Tonk. What is it with language in this um, podcast? Hey, another question. I wonder if Phil calls buoys the correct Aussie New Zealand way to call it boys when he's at home. I wonder if he still calls them buoys if he's talking about it randomly with his dad or if he changes it to boys. Yeah, I was wondering about that because like, the Australian way to say that is not buoy. No, it's boy. Yeah, it's boy. And that's how most of the world says it. It's just America being wrong. Again! Yeah, I was wondering why why Phil was pandering to people and instead, like, said boy. Uh, said buoy. I say buoy. Yeah, you're wrong. You're outnumbered. <laughs> oh. Okay, Christina. <laughs> well, that was so quick. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> Mainly because, Michelle, as soon as I said um, America is wrong for saying this, I knew Logan was going to chip in at some point and say, I say buoy. Yeah, I didn't know what Logan was going to say. I was waiting for it. I was <laughs> waiting, just waiting for Logan to, to put in. In all seriousness, though, Christy and Jen do very, very well at all of these challenges, except for uh, Patonka Tonk. Yeah, the Natalie and Megan comparisons are not a million miles away. Maybe if we get a skiing task where they screw it up, it will be a little bit too eerie, but they really are the Natalie and Megan of Amazing Race US. Yeah, absolutely. And Connor does say that he won't offer Alex a massage after the roadblock, which, to be fair, would be a little bit creepy. He's got to earn his rent, earn his keep in Alex's place. You don't have to pay a month's rent if you give a happy ending. (laughs) You know the best thing about that, Logan? That is the second masturbation joke I've made in front of Michelle in two days. <laughs> oh, Jesus geez. Christ. I know, stop it. And we wonder why Michelle is the only female podcaster <laughs> in this group mm. right now. Yeah. Okay, what can we get on to? To be fair, on the Hunter <laughs> podcast, it was kind of relevant. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> what are we up to? Is everyone off the boats? Let's move on to another of my favourite bugbears to talk about. People not knowing how to drive a manual car. Oh, I was so happy that we're back again. (laughs) Eric and Daniel, this was their first highlight of the season, where Eric tries, with a team that's struggling to drive a manual car, one of them gets out, physically, like, pushes themselves off against a billboard to get the car out. It was was a Superman pose. All he needed was to, like... Have his one fist out and have, like, a ring on the end of it. Like, genuinely, reversing a car is probably your second driving lesson in a manual car. There's two gears that you need more than anything else, and that is first gear and reverse. Doesn't it say it on yes. the dash or the, the stick or something? It says reverse? Or an R? Yeah, what it'll say on the gear stick, more than likely, is that reverse is going to be the very far left one. Maybe they didn't know they have to lift a button to to move it into the reverse, which is kind of why it why they would have struggled to do it, which is my suspicion. But still, have a little common sense. I've heard that um, I was reading, I think somebody else made fun of them for not being able to drive a manual car, and 
I think Eric chimed in that the that the teams were prepared to drive a manual car, but I guess it was just slightly different than what everyone was used to with manual cars. I know that I'm spoiled by living in Europe and knowing the sort of car that they were probably going to be driving, but still, do a bit of research if you suspect you're going to be needing to drive a manual car. At the risk of sounding like someone in your funniest complaints blog, there's zero excuse for this. I mean, you're not going to be driving a manual car in North America. It's going to be more... European style, if there's any difference between the two, which they claim there was. Apparently this type of car that they had was different. Or maybe they just want to make themselves uh, try to improve the image after the episode aired, which is which is what I would do. If I nearly ran over my partner who has to push off against a billboard, um, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, I was really stupid and didn't prepare to drive a manual car at all. Of course I'm going to be like, well, it was different it's like the equivalent of playing a video game and saying oh i would have done better but my controller was broken or the a button didn't work you know be be one of those people or insulting the professional video game player that you're playing against in a roadblock yes yes tara (laughs) so christy is the first to leave the roadblock and they find out that it is a detour which is bread or tread and in bread teams must learn how to make 50 baguettes to get their next clue and in tread teams must put together a pair of trapezian sandals to get the next clue and which detail would you guys have picked oh, i don't think it would have mattered with this one i i wouldn't have cared i would have wanted to eat the bread i would have said can i have some bread afterwards because even then i was watching it going i need bread i need to eat some bread i got to the end of the episode and i thought bugger it i'm gonna eat some bread so i went to the kitchen got some bread just because of that episode <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Didn't expect all that out of an answer, did you, Michael? No. He was. A, he, I think his the answer he was expecting was bread or tread, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after we discussed in a bit that I've now cut from the, the Hunted podcast about the fact that I'm trying not to eat too much at work. Trying not to <laughs> carve load. <laughs> I would have chosen bread because I've spent a couple weeks in France, and boy, oh boy, do they love their baguettes. I think bread was a little bit more particular in certain ways. Like, the the uncooked loaves had to be between 340 and 360 grams each. No more, no less. Yeah. But thread looked a bit looked a bit tougher with... I'm not good with, with uh, clothes. <laughs> oh, believe me. Having been around you, I know. <laughs> Are you insulting the pink shirt, Michael? <laughs> no, I'm insulting your grotty hoodie that I always saw. That you that have now replaced it. Yeah. That hoodie has been is like burned and will never be seen again. I got a new one a few months ago. I know you did. But it was your trademark having the grotty hoodie everywhere. Oh man. That hoodie went on some wild adventures. Yeah, if you remember my first reaction to Justin sending me the twenty eight finale party pictures wasn't Oh look, Logan with Tyler Oakley. It was oh my god, he wore the grotty hoodie. <laughs> Oh, classic. And Alex and Connor struggle with details, and Connor isn't planning on letting Alex live down the uh, the not reading the clue initially at the roadblock. Am I the only one that's getting tired of the hashtag read your clue thing that's popped up on screen ever since season, what, 24, 25, they've been doing that hashtag on screen? Mm, they don't need it. Yeah, I think we're quite well known on this podcast for despising the hashtags because they're pointless. Mm-hmm. The only hashtag that you need is RTV Warriors. Nothing else. 
And uh, David Bidley made a good point that the more hashtags you have for your episode of reality TV, the more it splinters the Twitter discussions because you're doing it under all the different hashtags. So it's not just all combined into one thing. Mm-hmm. It is true. And Lucas and Brittany do fight on the way to the roadblock. And boy, do they fight. I thought I was going to see goat yoga again here. <laughs> they, they were quite goat yogurish. They're okay. At least Lucas didn't call Brittany a little B, and Brittany didn't call Lucas a little L. And at least he apologized. Yeah, they just got over the high stress situation by the end of the leg. Because after nine years together, he's realized that he is never, ever right. That's how most relationships worked anyway. Somebody has to give in and just admit they're always wrong. Isn't that a discussion you were having on Twitter with me this week, Michelle? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Might have been deliberately mentioned. Oh, dear. Yes, the male is always wrong. Always. <laughs> See, Emperor, that's what I heard. <laughs> the time, Amore, the time. <laughs> it's a very multilingual podcast this today. Yes. Especially given that all of us are probably going to be watching a Dutch program tomorrow. Also true. Uh, so Evan got her tooth chipped. I've done that. I was swimming in a pool and I... Did it on the side of the pool, and it was it was less than what she had, but it was the same tooth. It's so sharp. I'm amazed they got a fix that day. At the pit stop. I felt so bad for her, her because she started off complaining that the wind was moving her in the wrong direction, and if you saw the preview for last week, you'd have known what was coming. Y- yeah, that's the thing. We saw the preview, so I was just cringing, being like, is it going to happen now? Or now, or now, or now? When is it going to happen? Oh my god, that's, there's a chip tooth, it's in, it's in the sea, oh my god. Yeah, it was just like watching a slow-moving car crash, because you knew it was coming and you just didn't know when. It was basically the Amazing Race horror film. You were watching Evan go through an abandoned house just going, the killer's going to come out at some point soon, you just don't know when. Ah, it's the sail! The sail did it after all! It's behind you! <laughs> it was the sail underneath the scream mask. But at least Evan's chipped tooth can now play with JT's uh, chipped tooth from Survivor. I wasn't going to make that reference, especially after I made a Guatemala reference on the Hunted podcast, much to Michelle's irritation. (laughs) And Cedric and Sean have their speed bump here as well, and they must move and stack 15 of the same small boats that are used in the roadblock in numerical order to be able to continue on the race. And it's perfect for them because it's pure manual labour. Yeah, nothing really to add about the speed bump. Definitely won't at all kill Cedric. Very easy. The thing with the roadblock is that they said the teams wouldn't receive any instruction on how to do it, but we see Evan receiving instruction by one of the people working there right before she went into the water. So Phil lied. Yeah, to be fair, if you'd just seen someone get their tooth chipped, would you really want to stand by and not help her? Brittany wanted to, but she had to be stuck on shore. She had to go against her ocean rescue instincts. The answer would have been, shit, we don't want this woman hurting herself even more. We actually have to now step in and give her a little advice. But once it's been hilarious if, like, she starts talking with, like, a whistling tone after that, though, because of the chipped tooth. Gosh. And then, like, the pits, and, like, the if they win one of the subsequent legs, it's not a trip from Travelocity. It's, like, uh, her, just her two front teeth. Her two front teeth. Oh, wait. Amazing Race can't afford the rights to that song. But... She was very lucky that this happened in Saint-Tropez rather than, you know, the middle of nowhere. 
Can you imagine if this happened in Zimbabwe? She would not get an emergency dentist appointment. I know somebody from Zimbabwe, and they've told me all about the all about the healthcare and the hospitals there. And yeah, that is not a place where Evan would have been able to get her uh, tooth fixed overnight or ever. I don't think there was a better country on this race that she could have chipped her tooth on and been able to get some medical attention for. Yeah, France is pretty much best case scenario. Rather than America, France is the best case scenario here. They don't have a constitution, but they do have great health care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. And Tim says that he hopes Evan keeps struggling, which is nice of him. I laughed. I'm sorry, I did laugh at her when she was on that dock bit. And she just couldn't, it just getting blown into the, the pier or the dock, whatever it was. And oh my God. I just thought it was a bit hilarious. It was certainly a um, a slapstick comedy task. Nobody got close to drowning, sadly. Yeah, because they weren't. Even, were they wearing life vests? I I can't remember. I don't think yes, they, they were. were. They yeah, were. they were. Oh, okay, that answers that question then. Yeah. And it's um, Trevor and Chris who leave in fourth, with a rapidly sinking Joey and Tim uh, leaving in fifth, and then Evan gets a hang of it. And Cedric is practically capsizing as well. Brittany says that she instinctively wants to help, which I'm assuming is part of the edit to, you know, make us warm to them before he proposes in the next leg. And that did not work on some people on Facebook. Why? No. They thought he was wanting attention. They thought he was what? what? Wanting attention? Yeah, that he wanted that he was doing it for just to be on TV and have attention. I'm sorry, he's on The Amazing Race. He is on TV. Oh, for God's sake. People are pathetic. And like she's been so overdramatic with all of her crying, and that uh, Lucas should run away as fast as he can from from being with somebody like Brittany, and Brittany is constantly trying to control Lucas. And um, what else, Michael? What else was there? There's so many great reasons as to why those two should never ever be together. Oh, she's she's just the worst. She she's absolutely diabolical. Yeah, she's just you know she's worse than she's like the Hitler of Amazing Race. Um, no, she's worse than Hitler. She's worse than Hitler. She's w- worse than Hitler and and Mussolini combined. You thought the Volta Mussolini's from Amazing Race Canada were bad, but now there's the the Hitolinis. <laughs> she's basically Brusolini. What? Where did Brusolini come from? Well, she, it's Brittany and Mussolini, therefore she's Brusolini. Even though she's Spanish, the one that make her Branco. Brancolini. She is basically the the Franco of uh, of Amazing Grace. <laughs> Franco was somebody who wanted to be on TV and cry after being proposed to. Do you not know that the Franco siblings are Dave, James, and Brittany? Yes. <laughs> and uh, Connor says that he hates not being able to do things. I think he hates not having his own place. Yeah, that, that's kind of how these sort of things work, I'm afraid, Connor. <laughs> you just occasionally come up against something that you're not able to do. And Christy and Jen's sandal didn't end up being flat enough, so they got a rejection. And then Lucas and Brittany leave the roadblock in sixth, with Henry and Evan in seventh. And my last note about the roadblock is that the dog there was adorable. Yes, I wrote that down too. That was a very cute dog. Your thoughts on the dog, Michelle? I didn't write anything down about but, the dog. But it's the most important issue of the episode. Why didn't you write about the dog? Because it obviously wasn't cute enough for me. Well, you're wrong. It was just hanging around with Sean. 
Sean would have gladly adopted that dog. <laughs> I actually wrote about the beautiful water, but not about the dog. Yeah, Logan and I go straight for for the the adorable canines. And fun facts: canines is not what is in Evan's mouth anymore. Oh, God, bit of a stretch there. Do you know that Alex is apparently a good baguettist? I didn't even know that was a word. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was the there was a ranking for that or anything. Yeah, there's it, that's that's going to be his career after being done with IndyCar. Actually, that sounds more like a career for Joey and Tim being baguettes. Well, Alex can make them and they can taste them. Yep. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> Why couldn't Connor roll? He couldn't roll the bread to save his life. What was going on there? It's not that hard. Connor's like the punching bag for the team. Anything that goes wrong, it's it's always it's it just never goes right for Connor. That's kind of the fun, though. That's why I like Alex and Connor, is the fact that Connor is basically a walking punching bag and says some occasionally quite dopey things. Which, fun fact, is another one of uh, Trevor and Chris's moods from the start of Like Five. And it is Christy and Jen who leave Tread in first, and teams must now find Plaza de Lis, the pit stop for this leg of the race. However, first they must beat another team in a winner-takes-all game of Patonk for the right to check in. And it was the best three of five, I should note. It was the best three of five. Win and you check in, lose and you wait for the next team, and the last team, standing at the end of the eighth round, will be eliminated. In other words, the speed bump didn't mean shit. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, uh, about the dog, Michael. I should note the dog looked like Beethoven. That's what I wrote down. Why did I miss a dog as big as Beethoven? It wasn't that big. It had similar colouring to Beethoven, but it wasn't like a proper St. Bernard. It did not have a barrel of brandy around its neck. (laughs) They are adorable, by the way. They'll eat the entire house, but they're adorable. Huge. They're like a horse. Why wouldn't you want the children that you don't love to be able to ride a dog like a horse? <laughs> and it's Alex and Connor who leave bread in second. And Trevor is a jack of all trades. And then Eric and Daniel leave the roadblock in eighth, with Cedric and Sean in last. Joey said somewhere there that he drinks lots of liquids to keep his stomach stretched. Yeah, that's why he's so sweaty. So gross. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. But it does explain why he is such a profuse sweater. He should endorse certain brands of deodorant then. I don't think you can put it all over your face. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just mean like, like he sweats so much, so he needs really good deodorant to keep that sweat away. I just love the idea of Joey Chestnut just getting himself a can of links and just spraying it all all over his face. He has to wear a hazmat suit or something. Hazmat deodorant suit. (laughs) And uh, Trevor and Chris leave Tread in fourth, and we learn that Phil still isn't a good commentator. No. <laughs> kind of awkward. It was like watching golf. So, not good. <laughs> and it's Alex and Connor who win the first double battle against Christy and Jen. And they win $5,000 each. Ooh. Better than the $2,500 each that was typically offered back in season 28. And Joey and Tim leave Tread in fifth. And then Christy and Jen win their next battle against Trevor and Chris which means they can check in in third. I have to point out something about Christy and Jen, because I just did my Masonry's 19 blogs with Liz and Marie, and they kept dropping the word literally when it's not the proper use of that word. And then Evan used the word literally multiple times, along with Henry, when it doesn't need to be used. And then Christy and Jen, the people who are masters at everything this season except for Patong, 
Christy drops a literally during the head-to-head. She deserved third place just for just for that. I'm disappointed in them. She said that they were literally at the mat, but they weren't. They were slightly off the mat when they played head-to-head. If Liz and Maria are Amazing Race Idols, you have something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> and you also probably have as little money as Connor does. <laughs> Those are the two things that are happening. Of all the teams to name-check from that season... At least go with Kehlani and Lisa. Well, nobody's lost their, their passport this season, so that's good. No, the real answer is the only team you're allowed to compare yourself to from Amazing Race 19 is, of course, Bill and Kathy, the greatest old-person team of all time. Of all time. What about Bob and Joyce? Or Fran and Barry? No, Bill and Kathy still have it for me. Is it because they were the last ones? That and the fact that they are genuinely adorable. Why doesn't Amazing Race cast older people anymore? Bill and Kathy almost won, like, four legs during season 19. Are you forgetting Cedric, who has the body of a 75-year-old? <laughs> but there's other people who don't when they're older. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is they cast Cedric, who is practically an OAP, at least in medical terms. They're still casting old people, just not the typical old people. Oh, God. And I'm saying this... Fully in the knowledge that Michelle is only a couple of years younger than Cedric. <laughs> hmm. Although you don't look that old, Michelle. Thank you. As Mark Highfield said to me on chat a couple of days ago, you don't look over 40. Thank you. Love it. Love it. So you, you do occasionally get a compliment on the podcast. You don't look as old Thanks. as certain people would expect. Yes, and I don't have any Botox or any help at all. Nothing at all. Fueled by your hatred of your family. Yeah, that's it. Um, Connor, why don't Americans speak white or even look at pure letters and understand that bulls is not ball? You can see it's not spelt B-A-L-L. So why don't you even try and call it the correct term? Well, try and say, oh, it's an O-U. Maybe I'll try this sound instead of balls. My favourite thing about podcasting with you, Michelle, is when just randomly you go, why? (laughs) And I just know an epic rant is coming. So annoying. Look at letters in the English language and try and say it properly. Why don't they know stuff? Don't they learn stuff in schools? Why do I know it and they don't? Logan, I think he can go get a double-double from Tim Horton. She's going to be a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Frustrates living daylights out of me. It'll be Just 10 minutes of Amazing life. Race content. Uh, 10 minutes of Amazing Race content. And the rest is about Connor's pronunciation of certain words. <laughs> Michelle, I promise you that if ever there is an Amazing Race UK, I will deliberately mispronounce every word for you. Oh. <laughs> It's bulls. Oh, you can say bowls. Oh dear uh, God! Petonk, petonkwe, petonk, petonk. It's catching. Speaking of petonka tonks, um, Connor tries to hit on the pit stop greeter. That's because Connor needs literally anywhere else to stay, and he is not fussy anymore. In fact, if you told him to use the phrase patonkatonk, uh, I think Connor would have. He just desperately does not want to keep having to give Alex uh, massages in return for not paying rent. (laughs) 
Although I don't think too many, I don't think the, I don't think French women are known for petanka tonks, if I recall correctly. And Joey and Tim beat Trevor and Chris to check in fourth. Then Henry and Evan leave Tread in seventh. Trevor and Chris eventually beat Lucas and Brittany to check in fifth. Henry and Evan's curse is broken, and they beat Lucas and Brittany to check in in sixth. Eric and Daniel check in in seventh. And then the final match is between Lucas and Brittany and Cedric and Sean. And it is Lucas and Brittany who survive. And Cedric and Sean get eliminated, and zero fame from Amazing Race. You know what would have been terrible is if Lucas and Brittany lost that duel. That would have been a brutal loss to lose both April and Sarah and Lucas and Brittany as the 10th and 9th placers uh, for this season. Yeah, but I will say, at least the double battle is appearing on legs other than the legs with te- with 8 teams, 6 teams and 4 teams remaining. Take a look, Amazing Race Canada. Yes, you can vary the number. <laughs> you do not have to have an even number to do a uh, double battle. And you certainly don't have to base it around some obscure Canadian bastardization of a sport. And Eric and Daniel, really, their average should be lower than what it is right now, because they have gained a total of, they've gained uh, two spots already from these uh, head-to-head competitions. Well, actually, they gained three because they left the detour in last this time. So actually, the existence of the double battle meant that they gained two spots this time around and one in... um, one in Belgium. And I didn't find the whole, oh, we have to bring out the measuring tape for Lucas and Brittany versus Henry Nevin as a particularly exciting moment. No. They wanted to hype it up as a particularly exciting moment, but it really wasn't. And I am annoyed that Chris and Trevor did not finish fourth place for four legs in a row. I wanted the four fours. I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, on to leg number five. Wait, don't we have to serenade Cedric and Sean before we move forward? I've said all I need to on them. They're more entertaining than I expected them to be, but this is right around the position that they should have gone home. And teams must now drive to Les Beaux de Provence and find Chateau de Beau, which may seem familiar to certain Amazing Race fans, to get their next clue. I wonder if the mayor is still alive from season one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. He probably is. Was he that old before? No, I think he still had, he had uh, darker hair... I think yeah. I think he's balding a little bit, but you can do that from a pretty young age. Yeah, God, look at the royal family. Indeed, and of course, I mean Kevin and Drew were were already bald by this by that season, so I guess that's not something to really measure it by. And they love throwing Kevin and Drew in any clip they can. We saw the oh my gosh, yeah. Season one, season eleven, they competed. Season eight, they're at the hot dog stand. No Joey and Tim to be found. Season <laughs> 27, they were shown doing the swing there in uh, Zambia for that switchback. And then this semi-location switchback, they are shown again. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to use them this time. Obviously, the one in Zambia, maybe they were the most exciting team to re-show. But, yeah, they obviously liked them enough to put them on again. Mm. Yeah, it would have been funnier if they, like, had, I don't know... Uh, Kim and Leslie or Pat and Brenda just thrown into that uh, into that scene. Yeah, they just must love, love them. Maybe they're friends with the editors, I'd say. I wonder what they're doing now, just back to their normal lives. All the season one people? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. I know Joe and Bill travel a lot. They go to Utah for the Sundance Film Festival, so they were just there for that. Otherwise, okay. they're retired in uh, Hawaii. Oh, nice. Chris and Trevor 
just between the two of them, feel like they are emotionally like all of the dwarves, which is a lot of emotions to cram into uh, two people. Yep. Sleepy, grumpy, bashful. Sassy. Yeah, they're not very happy. I mean, obviously it's a bad sign that Trevor and Chris are getting a massively increased edit right now, but I like the fact we've finally seen them be a little bit sassy about things. Yes. Wonder makes you think if they're going to go a bit further than we expect because it was built up as if they were going to be eliminated, but then they weren't. And it was the same thing with Eric and Daniel where they get the personal family photo and somehow don't get eliminated by the end of the leg. They're actually starting to not under-edit people, which is nice. And we also find out that Connor actually watched Amazing Race before uh, going on it, which is something we didn't expect to have happened. He watched almost as much as Cedric did. Well, Cedric said that he'd watched every season with his family. Do I believe him? Hell no. But, yeah, apparently they've both been watching Amazing Race, even though they've given zero indication of them actually ever watching Amazing Race before this season. Sean still hadn't, because he thinks that Amazing Race can make people famous. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, it's it's self-driving to a location, followed by a massive equaliser. When they ran in... Why were their bags? They they ran in without bags on their backs. They probably left them in the car. Yeah, because they still have the same car to drive around in again. Oh, uh, yeah. And Evan's tooth wasn't the only thing that uh, got fixed during the rest period because she also acquired a nose ring. Where the hell did that come from? How long was this pit stop? Did you <laughs> fix that a nose ring? Yeah, she, she just went to a piercer during the, uh, the rest period as well. Just went to get her France Memorial uh, nose ring. I heard that a third thing she asked for was a Bill of Rights, but uh, there was none to be found. And also, why is Eric wearing a headlamp in their car? Do they not actually have lights inside cars in Louisiana? I think twin, both twins just uh, may just have uh, poor eyesight, or they only see very dim light. Seriously, I know from experience that if you have the outside lights on in the car, as they would have done given that they departed at 4.04am, the inside lights up as well. That's kind of how cars work. There's just nothing else to say. That's just kind of how cars work. This location reminded me a lot of Dubrovnik. Like when you're inside the walled city. Well, they're both proper medieval cities as is Prague next week. Mm-hmm. I actually thought when they went to do the um, the task, I was thinking, oh, Game of Thrones. Just reminded me. I don't think they've ever filmed Game of Thrones in uh, in France, but they definitely no, do in uh, they definitely do in like Croatia and places like that. Yeah, actually, the Walt scene in Dubrovnik is where King's Landing is always filmed. When I was in Dubrovnik, uh, you could do a daily uh, Game of Thrones tour, believe it or not. Mm. They always filmed. They always film in Dubrovnik every October, and the extras actually stayed at the same hostel that uh, I, I stayed at when I was there. Ah. And Lucas and Brittany begin the episode with separate confessionals. Ooh, are they going to split up? No. It's like at the pit stop, they're in first place, and they're check into the castle in France. The setting is, is all set, and then uh, Lucas is like, yeah, there's something I want to say, Phil. Brittany, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Brittany, F you. Brittany, the random casual fans on the internet were right. I do think you're controlling me, and you do cry all the time. Goodbye. <laughs> Brittany, I cannot deal with you anymore. Get you. Go home. Goodbye. Or they'd be like, got to the end of the episode already. What are you talking about? Why? We're talking about the confessionals, given that they would have been filmed at the end of the episode. Oh, okay. 
Or maybe that's what triggered the partner switch. I, I was going to say that, you <laughs> joke stealer. <laughs> Lucas wants to say something, and he turns around to Phil and goes, Phil, I know it's not going to be a twist for another couple of legs, but please can I have a partner swap? She's driving me cray-cray. And can she be partnered up with Cedric, please? And yeah, there's an hours of operation at 8.30am, and once they get in, it's the roadblock, which is who wants to go medieval on this roadblock. And in this roadblock, once you must build a giant trebuchet to get their next clue. And for some reason, the editors keep playing the same terrible special effects over and over again. Well, was that supposed to be a joke that we weren't in on? Because they played that special effect about 20 times, even when it's like, <laughs> oh, are they going to play this special effect again? And then they do. And then all the teams have left. And for some reason, they played the special effect one more time after the task was over. It looked like the sort of thing that you would see a child produce when they've never used Macromedia Flash before. It was terrible. This is neat. This is neat. This is neat. (laughs) Explosion. And to motivate them at the roadblock, their partner will be in the stocks. Not the stockades, Phil. The stocks. Stockade is something completely different. Where did he get that from? I'm surprised he got that wrong. Whoever wrote Phil's script needs to get fired immediately for that mistake. It's not only this mistake, but he's also made the tectonic plate mistake in Iceland. He's just getting super lax. What do you expect after 30 seasons, Michael? If he says it's stockade, then it's going to be a stockade, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, more importantly, the main thing about stocks is the fact that people chuck rotten fruit at people in stocks. Why wasn't there rotten fruit? Because they didn't want to break another tooth. <laughs> Yeah, but surely they've got a supply of, like, rotten apples to chuck at people for this task. An apple's soft, isn't it? Not. A rotten one would be. You know what, though? If they did, it would have been really good if they did throw the uh, the fruit and vegetables at them, because that would be an ideal diet for uh, Cedric, considering his uh, heart condition. What, mushy fruit? Yes. <laughs> See, this is the main distinction between... Amazing Race US and uh, Hammer Oats, which is just that Hammer Oats would 100% shoot rotten fruit at these people. Amazing Race can actually had the contestants get uh, fruit and vegetables thrown at them in Newfoundland. Exactly. If even Amazing Race Canada can stretch to it, come on Amazing Race US. Book up your ideas. And I, I must also give credit to Jay Farbs for correcting my pronunciation of Hammer Oats. He sent me a message on Reddit a few hours ago saying basically I pronounce it wrong. So it's getting corrected. And it is Connor, Lucas, Christy, Henry, Eric, Chris, and Tim doing this roadblock. And I have another language disagreement. Oh, goody. I love another language disagreement. <laughs> Logan, go get yourself a hot drink. I need to know. It's going to be a while. I need to know if Logan says this, like Brittany. Do you say pergola? What the hell? What? Pergola. Do you say pergola? Or do you say pergola? I don't even know what that is. It's the most Australian of all the words. It's a pagola. It's a pagola. It's it's like a... Oh, how would you describe it? Like a shade. Like a shade that you put up. It's just that she called it a pergola. What the hell? Michael, you say pagola, don't you? Yeah, we would say pagola. Pergola. It's like you're making coffee with a pergola. It, it pergolates. Yes. <laughs> a pergolator, as the French call it. Mainly because I've I've previously mentioned my love of French game show Fort Bayard, and they have a great game called Percolator, which is all about um, one person trying to make a cup of coffee by transporting beans to a hole so they can produce some coffee. 
However, the hole is behind a massive spinning disc that speeds up whenever someone's on it. And coffee beans go flying. Oh my goodness, you watch the craziest shows. I really do. It's the best. I have never seen or heard of this word before. Yeah, pergolas haven't made their way to Canada yet. It's kind of awkward. So I don't know how it would be pronounced. Definitely not pergola. How Just is it supposed that. to be? Pergola. 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 Not pergola. Like, pergola. Pergola. It's a bloody pergola. Down at the offy. Or the bodlo. Pergola. Offy. <laughs> you and I both know it's the bloody bottle, Michelle. I know. It's the, the bloody bottle. Like, what the hell is off license? <laughs> they're licensed to provide alcohol off of the premises. Therefore, they're an off license. I know. And as is a bottle shop because you buy bottles there. No, it's a bottle of. What is it in America and Canada? They wouldn't have them. They don't do offies in, in America and Canada. Because they have the alcohol in the supermarket with them. Yeah, so do we. We still have offies, but we have it in the supermarket too. We don't have it in the supermarket. Anyway, enough of this saccharine crap. Trevor hates it. Focus. Concentrate. <laughs> Focus. Believe. Achieve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I miss Richard and Joey. Oh, just wait. Your love of them will be replaced by certain teams in Amazing Race Australia too. So Alex says that he is normally the builder, and it makes me think that with Alex and Connor that Alex is normally the everything in that team. Yeah, well, Alex is basically his landlord, so it's his responsibility to fix stuff at home. Yeah. Connor broke the table again. Connor broke the Xbox. Connor, you keep the disc in its case. (laughs) You don't put the disc into the Xbox upside down. Connor, have you been trying to make Pop-Tarts in the Xbox again? Who put peanut butter on the car keys? It was funny the first time, but not the seventh time. (laughs) I do like that we just have this impression of of Connor of being basically an overgrown child. He's a 26-year-old (laughs) man-child. And, yeah, Luke and Brittany leave first after Henry talks about some pounding. And Eric and Daniel are quite try-hard with their puns. Yeah, Henry and Evan lost a bit of innocence uh, with that exchange. Henry did a lot of pounding in that roadblock. At least Henry was quite self-aware that he was just constantly talking about pounding. Yes. And also, I feel really, really sorry for Evan, given given that she had a filling the night before and then has to run the Amazing Race. Because she's, probably by this point, her like anaesthetic and stuff will be wearing off. And she's probably going to be in quite a lot of pain. I would think so, yeah. It's not the most comfortable thing, having uh, anaesthetic wear off in your mouth. And I don't think it would have been that bad because all they did when they did mine was put an extra bit of tooth on the bottom of my tooth. So they didn't really do anything to my gums or anything. They just fitted some extra tooth or whatever they put on, ceramic or something, on there. Yeah, she would have still had to be anaesthetized there. Like, I had a filling done the day that Logan was coming to, to our house, actually. And it was hurting for about a week. It was killing me. It's never usually that bad, but if she was unlucky with with how the anaesthetic was wearing off, she would have been in pain for like the next four or five legs, probably. And yeah, Lucas and Brittany leaving first, and teams must now find the Café de la Fontaine and find a man drinking wine, which will be super difficult in France to get their next clue. <laughs> Given that police officers are still allowed a third of a litre of wine every day, I think, with their lunch. It's crazy. 
while they're on duty with their lunch, they're allowed a third of a bottle of wine. If I was ever a police officer, that should never be the rule for me. <laughs> You're allowed a, a third of a bottle of Alcopops or whatever you drink. Yes. <laughs> Palm I Bay, a wasn't it? A Palm Bay. Yeah. How do I remember that it's Palm Bay that is your tipple of choice? I don't know, but my friends even know what flavor I prefer out of Palm Bays at this point. And Christine Jen leave in third, with Eric and Daniel in fourth, and Henry and Evan in fifth. And once you get to the Café de la Fontaine, it's the detour which is full of bull, or colourful. Great, terrible rhyme there, guys. And it's full of bull, teams will search the amphitheater in Arles for three ropes, one red, one white, and one blue, hidden in pouches of a hundred bull figurines to get their next clue. And in colourful, teams will solve a slide puzzle, aka Logan's worst nightmare, to unlock the next clue which is hidden inside a Van Gogh painting. And it's Trevor and Chris who leave in sixth. It's not Van Gogh, it's Van Gogh? It's Van Gogh. Everybody in Canada and the States, except for me, I think pronounces it as Van Gogh for some reason, even though it's very clearly Van Gogh. Yeah, it's Van Gogh. That's how they pronounce it. Therefore, that's the correct pronunciation. Yeah, I know that's the correct. This is not just like, a, <laughs> oh, this is a different way to pronounce it. Like, Van Gogh is, is how you pronounce his name. Yeah, it's either right or not. There's no middle ground. It's not, oh, this is how we pronounce it in America. No, you're wrong. Fat Tony from The Simpsons would disagree. He always says both are acceptable. Wrong. And we get a confessional from Joey and Tim saying they've bonded more on this race than in the rest of their 12-year friendship, and I just have two words written next to that, which is, bye guys. It was funny during the roadblock how Tim, while building the thing, he said, oh my god, this is torture, while Joey was in the stocks. (laughs) While Joey was literally being tortured. Yes. It's like, man, that team is really out of shape. (laughs) The guy who was doing the task feels more more in pain than the guy in the medieval form of punishment. I think we've proved from the rest of the, the season, though, that Joey is probably the least fit person to be on Amazing Race for a while. Yes. In proportion to his age. Yeah, he was just sweating his head off. Um, Trevor and Chris, when they were doing it, I can't remember which one. Who, who did that? Who did it? Uh, it was Chris doing it. Chris. So Trevor was saying... All those, he, I loved it because he was having a go at past Amazing Races, you know, when everyone on the sidelines says, oh, you're doing a good job and keep going. And he said, what does that prove? What does that do? I loved it. That was the second crap that he was complaining about. That's good. And then Lucas and Brittany get a little bit of hate because they're winning the leg so far. And then one particular team pick Bull because... Of the colours red, white, and blue. And this is going to go back to our rant at the start of the episode, when if you have a little bit of both self-awareness and awareness of countries around the world, you'll know that red, white, and blue was not coined by America. In fact, it was entirely adapted from a little-known country called the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and France also used it on their flag, the Tricolor, as do pretty much half of the countries around the world. Yeah. So does Russia. So do so do those commies. Yeah, red, white, and blue is the most common combination of flag colours in the world. Red, white, and blue is not a typically American thing, and in fact you stole it from hundreds of countries around the world. And the Dutch. Correct. The Dutch. The Dutch the Dutch use red, white, and blue. Exactly. If you'd have looked two legs beforehand, you might have seen a Netherlands flag flying. Even they have red, white, and blue on their flag. And they're known as the Oranja. So annoying. It's so annoying. Why do Americans 
think like that. And it's not just him. Jeez. There is zero self-awareness. You're not the only country in the entire world. This is basically my rants from Amazing Race Canada all over again. It's borderline xenophobia. Canadians are pretty bad at that, too, with that attitude. It's the, I think it's the isolation factor and the fact that there's no other country really around us. It's just Sorry? the States. So we just Australia largely the borrow most... from American culture. But Australia's the most isolated country in the entire world. Yeah, we don't think I don't that. <laughs> yeah, but that's for a different reason, Michelle. That's because everything in Australia is trying to kill you. <laughs> Isn't it something like six of the ten deadliest spiders in the world all live in Australia? Um, I think it's eight, and I think it's nine of ten snakes. Oh, yeah. and we have another example of literally in this episode. I think you mean we literally have another example of literally. Yes. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I can't remember who, said they had to literally tune out their partner. Someone else said something. Someone said, oh, no, it was Henry. Henry said Evan literally got her tooth knocked out. Well, to be fair, he's not wrong. No, she didn't get a tooth knocked out. She got a tooth chipped. It's not the same. <laughs> I'm very literal. You're literally very literal, yeah. And Henry and Evan also commit to one of the uh, the Michelle Pierce Denver rules when they switch from colourful to bald. It was a good switch. It was the right move, but Michelle hates people switching details. Oh god, I do, yeah. It's silly. You know who should have switched their detour when they realised they were at the other detour location first? Joey and Tim. Yes, they should. They're like, oh, we're at this detour? No, let's drive another 20 minutes trying to find the other one. There was a bit of monkeying with the timeline, though, because... Towards the end of the episode, we see the display on Trevor and Chris's car when they're stuck in the traffic in all, and it only says 9.17am. Oh, so yeah, that was a bit of tricky editing then. Yeah, of course there's a very real possibility that they could have set the clock wrong, but if it's not wrong, then they've only been on the road for 47 minutes, and that's assuming they completed the roadblock immediately, so they've probably only been on the road for about 20, 25? Yeah. And Lucas and Brittany do leave Bull in first, with Christy and Jen in second... Which uh, detail would you guys have chosen? I think I know the answer to both of you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Bulls, so much easier. Well, yeah. It's all in one place, and you don't have the puzzle aspect of going, oh my god, it's a slide puzzle, I'm never going to complete this ever, ever, ever. And I've been in a couple of bull rings before, so uh, it's it's fairly easy to run around. There's no skill involved. Yeah, and and after 150 plus podcasts with me, Logan, you are used to dealing with bull. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too much, too much more. <laughs> and teams must now find Hotel Benvengudo. Uh, the pit stop for this leg of the race, the last team to check in, may be eliminated. Sounds like a name of a cheese, like a French cheese, Benvengudo. It sounds quite Spanish, actually. Chotengo Benvengudo. And Eric and Daniel leave Bull in third, and then Chris says he hates slide puzzles, and then Henry and Evan leave Bull in fourth with Alison Connor in fifth, and then on the way to the pit stop... Lucas asks for what he calls his headphones. What for? Well, as we well know, they wouldn't be allowed headphones because they're not allowed anything to play music with. Headphones, of course, is his code for the engagement ring, I'm assuming. I'm assuming he put them in the (laughs) the box that he normally uses for his headphones and didn't tell her. Right. But that's why they showed that scene. It's like, hmm, I wonder why he needs his headphones. Yeah. I mean, he's only navigating. And directing them to the okay. most important pit stop yet. And, surprisingly, first place is Lucas and Brittany. And they win a trip to Bali with two particular extras that Michelle loves. 
I've been near there. When I stayed in Bali, I literally stayed at the hotel that was like two down from them. They'll have a lovely time. You literally or figuratively. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I stayed at the hotel two down from them. And what were the uh, the two extras that they got in Bali? Massage and a spa. And a pergola. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know the best thing about it? Next week in Prague, we're going to see a beer spa. <laughs> oh. And Christy and Jen check in in second, and Jen gets happy for uh, Lucas and Brittany that they checked in first. Oh, the ice cream melts. And to make it an even better day for Brittany, Lucas finally proposes. What attention whores. <laughs> it's not like we were warned about this four weeks ago or anything. This is the amazing race, not the amazing proposal. That's an exact quote from a fan online, by the way. Oh, dear God. God, (laughs) really? What is wrong with people? And in their best finish of the race so far, Eric and Daniel checking in third. And then Phil just starts putting in and going, guys, did you know that uh, he proposed? He proposed, guys, 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 look at a ring. He proposed. (laughs) Can you imagine what? Phil would have been like if any of the blind date couples got together in 26. Like, properly. Not in a Jeff and Jackie way, I mean in, like, a proper relationship way. Proposed on, like, five. (laughs) It's like, isn't this moving a bit too fast, Blair? And Henry and Evan check in in fourth, and then Alex and Connor break the tension by checking in fifth, and Connor just, in his completely inside voice, just shouts, Did they win? (laughs) Zero self-awareness. It's like, Connor, he proposed. You don't need to sort of suggest that they won as well, because they did. He's like, I won't be seeing a, a, any, a ring like that in a long time. And Joey and Tim do not understand the slide puzzle, because they get so close to getting the clue and then just don't lift the top bit. Which basically eliminates them from the race, spoilers. And uh, Trevor and Chris leave Bull in seventh, with Joey and Tim leaving Colourful last. And absolutely nothing changes. Trevor and Chris check in in seventh, and Joey and Tim check in in last, and are eliminated from the race. Chris and Trevor hug anyone and everyone in sight at the pit stop. And Joey and Tim, the reason why they didn't do the the other detour when they were at it was because they thought it would involve too much running around on the amazing race. So they didn't want to run with the bulls. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. And when you don't run with the bull, you get the horns, and the horns being a elimination. So next time, teams head to Prague. There is deceit, boats, spas, U-turns, <laughs> and Zanoff. I'm just going to say this. At Elimination Station right now, I think when you eliminate bas- professional athletes followed by uh, competitive food eaters, that the bill for Elimination Station is about to go way up with the catering. <laughs> Do you think that um, Joey and Tim turned to comfort eating when they got eliminated? That's what I was thinking. Like, man, if they get if they turn to comfort eating when they get depressed, it probably takes a lot for them to feel better. They start eating their feelings, and you know, Joey starts sweating even more. The thing is, though, they would they would do it all in ten minutes. They would choose like some arbitrary amount of time to to perform comfort eating. It wouldn't be stretched out over hours. I am doing really well with my boot order predictions. My preseason predictions had these three, the first three teams going out in the order that they did. And I was, after the first episode, you realize Joey and Tim were not long for the race. And so far, my boots for what my predictions were going to be as of the first four eliminations 
have held up in a in this way. Yep. Very impressive, Logan. I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> and talking of other predictions that Logan's making, him and Michelle are both watching a little-known Dutch program called Vies de Mol. Vies de Mol. Vies de Mol with the Jokers. The Jokers. <laughs> Jokers, Reistellinger, uh, this Vata Reistellinger. Yes, uh, I've I've finally managed to pester them enough for them to watch my favourite show of the year with me. And as a result, um, Mr. Saunders has some news. Oh yes, this you want you, this is actually going to happen, Michael. I think we should make it podcast canon purely so that we can't really back out unless the timings don't line up. We have decided that after I have been getting into V is the Mole and the Belgian version of the Mole that. When the Belgian version of the mole airs at the end of February, after Amazing Race 30 is done, we will be covering Belgian mole. We will. Finally, my dream of doing mole podcasts on Reality TV Warriors is coming true. Assuming they don't put it on a stupid day of the week and assuming the subtitles come up early enough. And other big news, Phil Kogan says that there will likely be two more seasons of The Amazing Race filmed before the end of this year. Yeah, I can't say I'm surprised, given that it's been holding up pretty well on a Wednesday. Almost 8 million viewers. That's insane for Amazing Race at this point. And combine that with Amazing Race Asia before the end of this year, and there's absolutely no reason for anyone to feel that they have to watch Amazing Race Canada 6 this summer. Yay! My dream is realized. I can get out of doing Amazing Race Canada podcasts, finally. Yes. This is all I've ever wanted is a loophole to get me out of Amazing Race Canada podcast this summer. So, we all assume it's a non-elimination leg next round? Potentially, yeah. Because I think it's going to be an NEL. Yeah, annoyingly, I know at least one side of the U-turn, thanks to the idiots on social media. It's the one spoiler I know about this season, too. Yeah, the U-turn board in Prague was the, the very first thing that the idiotic turds that follow a particular team were spamming social media with. So, we do know one side of the U-turn, so there'll be no predictions on who gets U-turned, because at least two of us know it, if not Michelle as well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether it is a non-element next week or not. Predictions for next week, Michelle? Um, if we have someone go out, God, they're, pre- they're all pretty good now. Maybe, I don't know, Alex and Connor, if they do something stupid. Or Trevor and Chris. We'll see. You know the boot order, don't you? Yeah, annoyingly I know the boot order because some moron posted it. So I know who go who goes out next week, if anyone. Mm. I think Eric and Daniel will be done, but I don't think it'll be next week. I'm pretty confident next round's going to be a non-elimination. Something of note is that next week is the last single leg of the season. Okay. So um, episodes 7 and 8, 9 and 10, and 11 and 12 will all be airing back-to-back on their respective weeks. Insane. Yeah. So prepare to uh, to strap in with the podcast. This is going to be good fun for us. My children will never eat. <laughs> the good news is, Michelle, there's only one more that clashes with Hunted. The finale week of Hunted clashes with uh, with the next double episode. And then you're free to, to have your Saturday mornings back. I'm free to have a life again. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> You've not escaped like Ant has. Oh, dear. So is there anything else left to say? Nope. nope. I agree. 
Thank you for listening to this URT Number Podcast. You can join us next weekend to recap episode number six. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Harmstone for me, Log Superquacky for Logan, and Bear3333333 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. Yeah, yeah.